and welcome my friends to a a special Sunday edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast. Uh, it was a rough weekend for me in a lot of ways and I just couldn't do it yesterday. Um, so I'm doing it today. And we have some interesting things to talk about. I like interesting. It's good. It beats boring. Beats a hell out of boring, frankly. Uh, and let's start off here. Uh, with the United States women's national soccer team. Uh, They're playing currently in the World Cup, women's uh, World Cup. They've won the last two. They've won four overall, and they are, I guess, heavily favored to win this one. And you know what? I wish these young ladies could just shut up and play soccer. Keep their politics in their back pocket and play soccer. Do good for your country and shut up. If you want to be a political activist, be a political activist. I'm not going to be mad at you, even if I disagree with you. But when you go on national stage, and the, the open, their opening game was against Vietnam. And Vietnamese team had no problem singing their anthem. Of course, it's a communist country. They, they may have uh, they may have to. Who knows? Uh, but about half the, I think the 11 starters were on the field. Each of them had a, a younger child in front of them, which is cool. Uh, but I believe six of the, the, the women standing there did not put their hand over their heart or sing the national anthem, apparently. I can see the picture. Six of them do not have their hand over their heart. Uh, I don't know about singing. I don't know who sang, who didn't. But what is the problem with with loving your country, respecting your country, and respecting the fans? The Americans rooting for you. <laughs> you know, Americans are going to tune in and root like hell for you, even if they don't like soccer. And you're going to spit in their face, basically. Is it that bad in America, really? I'd like to give these gals a, uh, a test basic civics test see how much they know about the country and then I'd like to give them a little quiz about current events and just see where they are in the stupidity scale of, of what's going on in the world uh, with regards to America <clears throat> I mean just show some damn class I mean, you've got these young kids in front of you. They look up to you. Show them how to act in in certain settings. See, when I was a little kid and I went anywhere where the national anthem was sung, I think the first thing I ever went to was a, a football game. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington Redskins, I do believe. And the Bucks lost 10-0. This was 77, I believe. And it was in uh, the Big Sombrero, the old Tampa Stadium, which was a, about as uncomfortable a place. It was like a, a football stadium, NFL stadium, but uh, about as comfortable as most, most high school stadiums with the, the aluminum bench seating. It was terrible. Uh, but as the National Anthem was playing, my dad made sure you put your hand over your heart and you sing the song. That was the expectation. That was the expectation from all the uncles I saw, all the uh, older cousins I saw, my grandfathers, my father, 
everybody around me, I saw they respected the country. And I learned that you were supposed to do it. Certain things you're supposed to do when you're in church. I'm not going to get into religion here. But when you're in church, I was taught that when the, uh, when the pastor said, uh, bow your heads and pray, you bowed your head. You didn't have to pray if you didn't want to. But you bowed your head. You went along because that is the proper thing to do in that setting. You didn't look around. You didn't talk to people. You didn't throw spitballs at people. You behaved yourself in a certain way. Apparently these soccer players had never been taught that. And I would love to know what they don't like about America. That they think they can disrespect their country. It's not a good look. It's not very mature. It's really pathetic quite frankly. And of course in the New York Post there's a piece. And you know the, the fans of these kids, these girls, these young ladies, I should say they're not kids. Uh, is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Because they're sick of Americans, especially when they go abroad at a big sporting event, and while the American people go and their fans are supporting their teams for in their country, and the players, many of them, act like uh, they, they would rather be pissing on their country. It's, it's, it's just pathetic. I don't like to see it. And uh, they don't owe me anything, but I think they owe their country something. And I wish each of these girls that didn't put their hand over their heart. I'd like to see them live a month or two in North Korea. Or Vietnam. Or uh, Red China. Or Bolivia. Or Venezuela. Or Cuba. I would like to see how they thought about America. After that, remember Brittany Griner, the, the women's, nas- uh, women's basketball player. From the WNBA, she got arrested in Russia, spent a good amount, little amount of time there. I'm sure it was a lot longer than it actually was to her. Uh, but Russian prisons are not paradises by any means. And she, she was one of the leaders of the don't stand for, don't uh, salute the flag, don't sing the anthem, don't stand for the anthem, that kind of garbage. Bitter and angry at America. And when she came back, boy, the first game back, she's putting her hand over her heart. And she's singing the damn national anthem. And she said, yeah, I see the country a lot differently now. And to wish no, no harm on these soccer players. But I wish they could stop being woke. Which basically means you're being a brat anymore. And actually be put in a situation where they saw what it's like to not live in America. Now, I've never been in that situation. But I was raised, I know what it's like. One of the first books I ever was ever bought for me, I think it was 10, um, and read it over the next year, was called Democracy Versus Communism. It was about specifically about what happened in, the, in Russia, which became the Soviet Union. The horrors of the gulags, the way, the way people, their, their property was seized, their guns were seized, their families, if they, if they defended themselves, if they resisted, they were all sent to separate concentration camps. Gulags, they were called. I know about the evil of Stalin and Lenin. And I tell you what, at 10 years old when I first started reading that book, that's when I first developed an exceedingly white-hot hatred of communists and communism. I loathe them. 
of all the forces on earth that are evil, communism is the, is the most evil. However you label it, socialism, leftism, Marxism, whatever. All of them are bad. And I, I wish that more people were taught how bad communism was. We don't, we don't even know today. Mao killed more people than anybody's ever lived in China. The things that were done by the by uh, Pol Pot in the killing fields, Cambodia, by the Khmer Rouge, uh, there has never been a, a more evil thing than what Pol Pot and his sick, sick, sick followers did. I can't even get into it. I get exceedingly upset because I actually did a lot of research one night um, because I met this gal at, that I worked with, and she was from Cambodia. And just this beautiful kid, great voice, she liked to sing. Just this gorgeous young lady, very sweet. Uh, far too young for me, unfortunately, for me. But incredible young lady, about 20, 21. And uh, I went home, and I, I wrote about it. And uh, I was, uh, I kept breaking down. Because of what those evil bastards did. And you know what? If you can't put your hand over your heart for your country. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. I don't want you kicked out of the country. I just wish you learned to appreciate the country you have. And I wish you take the time to invest the actual time. And brain cells to actually study your country. And the other forms of government. Uh, you would sing a different tune, young ladies. Um, now let's move on here. I want to read you perhaps, perhaps, the, <laughs> the most ignorant, stupid, asinine, moronic, bottom-feeding, uh, have to dig up for an hour straight just to get to flat dumb, a, uh, an article you could read. This is at The Root. Uh, the Root is a... Uh, a black newspaper, an online newspaper. Uh, it is to say it is left wing is not accurate. It is left of left of left. Uh, it is a racist paper, if you want to call it a paper. It is uh, despicable, and it is written by people who who do nothing but write about how bitter they are. And I guarantee you, most of them are not bitter. And most of them would never willingly go to another country to live. They'll stay right here. But the, the uh, title of this article is Movies That Could Not Be Made Today. Uh, and there's some listed here. There's, I think, a dozen of them. I'll go through them real quick. Uh, this is by Stephanie Holland. Time is not a fixed point, she writes. It's more fluid than we think. This means it seemed. This means things that seemed okay during a certain period are no longer acceptable. Sounds more like ignorance to me, but uh, this is never more evident than in our art. Movies, in particular, tend to represent this time when they're made. While some remain influential favorites, others are hard to revisit because they just don't play well with 2023 sensibilities. I'm going to tell you, Stephanie, I don't see a lot of sense in 2023 when it comes to what is and what is not acceptable. I see a bunch of snowflakes 
who not only are offended over everything, but aren't happy unless they're offended, but hurt and aggrieved. Pretend victimhood is like the most orgasmic thing they can do with their life. I mean, when they're having sex, they probably don't close their eyes and imagine, uh, you know, their their favorite movie star or this this hunk or this gorgeous woman. They probably fetishize and fantasize over being a victim of a racist hate crime because they have to make it up because they've never been a victim of one, but they like to pretend. But here we go with this uh, this list, should we say? And just listen to some of the some of the reasons they say these movies are uh, racist and just couldn't be made today. Number one is white chicks. I tried to watch it. That was the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my life. This wasn't funny. Uh, the Wayans brothers were in it. Uh, she writes, "Yes, white chicks remain popular, but let's be honest, a lot of those jokes are questionable." Why are they questionable? She never says. She's, they're questionable. Why? Why was a joke then funny but not now? She's just writing what she thinks she's supposed to write. It's like a script. Cut and paste. Call her Stephanie Cut and Paste. And Terry Crews' character is cringeworthy. Uh, a lot of people on the left don't like him. Uh, his comedy style gets on my nerves. But he seems like a nice guy, but he's... I think he's run afoul of the, the uh, uh, black power structure too much. He said too many things that you know didn't bash America or something. And they really don't say why, just that his character is cringeworthy, the jokes are questionable, just move on to the next. That's really good, Stephanie. Why don't you try to actually make some co- cogent arguments about why the movie could not or should not be made again how about soul man that's from 1986 i remember watching this one it was one of the, it, i i printed it on vhs at the vcr store uh soul man 1986 c thomas howell was in the movie uh in this 86 disaster she writes c thomas howell played a rich white kid who pretends to be black to, to get a scholarship when his father refuses to pay for harvard law school and of course, he would do most of the movie, or a lot of it, with in blackface. Was, you can't do that anymore. Actors can't act. They might do something offensive. Uh, he then spends the entire movie in blackface, learning a lesson about how bad it is to be black. When truth comes out, everyone forgives him. And yes, they title it Soul Man after the song. It is unfathomable this was ever uh, an idea that someone thought was appropriate. See, it's not whether, was it funny, was it not funny? Was it appropriate? These are people that probably have a large closet filled with sticks that go up their ass. Because that's what they act like. Uh, What else we got? Rush Hour Trilogy. That was Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Hilarious movies. Hilarious movies. Love all three of those movies. Uh, there are so many awful jokes against both black and Asian people in these movies. I don't remember that many jokes. There's, I mean, there's a clash of culture because there's a Chinese man, a Chinese police officer, and a, a guy from South Central LA, an LAPD cop. And they become close friends, but it's a hilarious movie. Absolutely hilarious. And I don't see anything offensive in the movie. I remember watching the first one in the theaters. And there's a scene where Jackie Chan is, is in L.A. 
He's riding along with Chris Tucker. He's trying to figure his way around because, again, he's from China. Doesn't speak perfect English. And Chris Tucker's always saying in the first part of the movie, he says several times, my nigger, about other black people. So Jackie Chan's soaking this up. They go in this uh, bar, and there's a massive bartender around the bar. He's a black man. And Chris Tucker, just he's going to the back, tells Jackie Chan to sit right here. Don't get any trouble. So Jackie Chan's sitting at the bar, and the black man comes over. He's a huge man. And he says, well, can I get something? And Jackie Chan, big smile, and say, what's up, my nigga? And he goes, what the hell did you say? <laughs> and then, of course, he snatches Jackie Chan up. He's trying to kill him. Chris Tucker comes out. But it's a hilarious movie. And the biggest laughs from that movie, from that scene I just described, was by black people in the audience. There was nothing offensive about that. White people loved it. Black people. Everybody I've ever known has loved that movie. No one ever took offense at it. But I guess this idiot thinks she's supposed to because there were some jokes about ethnic jokes in there. Oh my God. Those have been around a long time, you know. You ought to get out more, young lady. Uh, 16 Candles, which was mid-80s, I think. Uh... Again, I don't. I remember the movie being very funny when I saw it at the time. I didn't see anything to get offended over. Uh, but again, that's me. I don't live to be offended. Tropic Thunder. That's a big one because uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in the movie. It's a movie about Vietnam, about actually making a movie about Vietnam, and his his character. He's, he's a white actor, but he's playing a black character. But the character <laughs> is the white guy, Robert Downey Jr., in blackface. And he's always talking about being black, but he's not really black. And that's a very funny thing throughout the movie, because one of the other actors is actually black. And uh, someone says something about you people. And <laughs> uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character goes, what do you mean, you people? Then the black guy looks at him and goes, what do you mean, you people? It's it's a funny movie. It was hilarious. That was a great scene. But that's one of those things, again, so hypersensitive. It's not that something is racist or not. It's it's you're a hero if you're offended by certain things. You you can only be happy if you're offended by certain things. It's, it's truly sad. Uh, Bullworth, I have no idea. I never saw it. I think it's a terrible movie. Uh, Warren Beatty was in it. I forget who else was in it. Um, he plays a senator who has a mental breakdown, starts telling the truth to his constituents, and becomes obsessed with rap music. He even starts dating a black woman and visits her family in South Central L.A. Uh, why would that offend anybody? A white person dating a black person is bad now? Or have we gone back to the 50s and 60s? Really? Leftists? Uh, it is basically a white savior story set in politics. See, these activists don't like when a, a good character in a movie is a white person helping black people. Like To Kill a Mockingbird, they hate that. Because it's a white savior. Oh, a white man came to save you. You shouldn't want a white person saving you. You shouldn't have anything to do with white people. Another way they are completely racist, these activists. Completely racist. Obsessed with race. Always bitching and moaning and whining and, and whining and pretending to be offended. It shows their racism. 
And I think the uh, the black girl he dated was uh, was Holly Berry. Because there's a picture of her, it looks like, on the like preview of the movie. And, oh, Holly Berry. Wow. One of the, the top women ever on my list. My would you list? Uh, more like my dream on loser list. But Austin Powers, the gold member. Um, there's three Austin Powers movies. And I got to say, there's never been a, a funnier trilogy of movies than those. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, there's some people say some weird things about uh, uh, what is the gentleman's name that plays Austin Powers. But uh, this particular one had Beyonce was in it. And here's what she says about the movie. Yeah, it was a rough time. Every single joke in all three of these movies has aged poorly. Again, I left my ass off during every movie. Thought they were exceedingly funny. Some were very childish, but they hit that part of the funny bone from people like me that just they loved it. Um, they are basically unwatchable now. How so? It was on the other night. Gold member was. And I watched it. I still laughed. In the third film, uh, which was called Gold Member, uh, Beyonce plays a female spy named Foxy Cleopatra. Austin spends the whole movie inappropriately hitting on her, which he does with all the women in these movies. Again, that's the character. His character was kind of making fun of the 1960s and 70s, the really hip, cool spy who got to go to bed with all the cool women, all the hot women, and he was could do no wrong, and he was a sexual machine, all that stuff. Uh, and again, why the hell wouldn't he hit on Beyonce? I think she was maybe at her perfection, physically speaking, in in that movie. She looks so good in that movie. It was hilarious. And yes, he hit on every woman he could that was attractive in those movies. That was part of the laugh. That was part of the character. Again, this woman must have several sticks up her ass when she wrote this. I'm going to assume. Um, Pocahontas, 1995. That was bad. Why, I don't know. Uh, John Smith is a white savior who keeps white soldiers from massacring indigenous people. Yeah, you can put this one back in the, in the vault, Disney. To make matters worse, John Smith is voiced by Mel Gibson. Oh, good Lord. So, let me get this straight. In an animated movie, a cartoon, Mel Gibson voices one of the characters, John Smith, and John Smith saves Indians from being massacred, being murdered, and he's a bad guy for it, apparently. Again, I don't know what is wrong with some people, my friends. Uh, Driving Miss Daisy, which everyone, I've never seen it, everyone who ever saw that movie loved it. Jessica Tandy, who I, I, I don't know if she's still with us. I hope so. Uh, but it was her and her... The driver she had was uh, another one of my favorite all-time actors. One of the great voices in history. One of the all-time great voices for narration uh, or anything. Um, Morgan Freeman was in it. I, I mean, how can you be offended by this movie? It was about a friendship that formed between a rich, I guess, a, a, a well affluent white woman who was elderly and her, her driver who was black. 
in uh, the old south basically the older days back in the segregation days maybe again i've never seen the whole thing but really beautiful movie that somehow this scrooge gets offended by it also she's offended by the richard Pryor and um uh gene wilder movies uh, revenge of the nerd she didn't like because who knows uh, and I think that's it. Nutty Professor didn't like that movie either. I don't know why. Apparently Eddie Murphy's racist or something. Uh, but this it's, it's sad, isn't it, folks? Just really, really sad. Now let's move over, my friends, to the other McCain. Uh, he had a story that... Uh, I was looking at last night. I, I think I remarked or, or wrote a little bit about it. Uh, but at theothermccain.com, Joys of Progress update. Uh, and there's a copy of a tweet by the libs of TikTok, if you know who that is. They, this lady just gets things that liberals leftists tweet about. And she just reposts their, their tweets. And they're laughable. They're idiotic many times. Uh, but in this case, uh, this is the this is what she retweeted. Wow, at Representative Swalwell, that's Eric Swalwell, you know, Bang Bang with Fang Fang, the one who who screwed the Chinese spy, and he's Mister Mister American, right? Democrat, of course. And at Beto O'Rourke, that's right, the effeminate Texan, the effeminate Texas politician. Uh, Beto O'Rourke campaign for Lacey, I'm sorry, Stacey Lawton, who would become the nation's first transgender person elected state representative. See, these Democrats came and, and wanted a transgender person in office. They uh, put their support behind her, him, it, whatever, and uh, they won office. And this was a 2022 election. So, worth noting that the nation's first transgender elected state rep has been arrested for child porn and child exploitation. Now, again, innocent until proven guilty, obviously. Worth noting that Stacy had it has a long criminal history dating back to before his 2022 campaign. I think it's a man becoming a woman or pretending to be a woman. I think that's the way it goes. So, again, those are pretty serious crimes. There's some some deeper information. And again, I don't know if this person's guilty or innocent. To me, they're gu- they're innocent until proven guilty. That's the way it works in this country, and I believe in our justice system. So that's the way I'm going to address it. Okay. Uh, but last month, the other McCain writes that is Robert Stacy McCain, good guy. Uh, good guy, even if he is a Baltimore Oriole fan. I told you about former New Hampshire State Legislature Barry Charles Lawton, uh, who now goes apparently by Stacy Marie Lawton, uh, a Democrat who had been charged with child pornography in a case involving his slash her ex-girlfriend, Lindsey Groves. There was a flurry of interest in the case this past week because the Department of Justice has released documents in the federal cases against Lawton and Lindsey Groves and 
as WMUR-TV warns, details in this story may be disturbing. As someone who has read the details in the story, um, yes, they are, they will make you sick to your stomach. If you have a moral, a moral, an ounce of morality in you, you will be deeply, deeply disturbed. Uh, there was a flurry of interest in this case this past week because, again, the Department of, Just, of Justice has released documents in the case, the federal cases against Lawton and Groves. You can go read that, but the most disturbing, excuse me, aspect of the case is that Groves worked at a child daycare center. Again, that's the lover or romantic interest, whatever, um, of uh, uh, Stacy Lawton, the former uh, member of the House of Representatives. And sent, listen carefully, this person, Groves, uh, let me see, lost my place, I'm sorry. You can go read it, but the most disturbing aspect of the case is that Groves, who worked as a child daycare center employee, sent naked photos of the children to Lawton. And a federal affidavit quotes text messages between these two creeps. So all this has been released now. And uh, Groves again um, is the person who worked at this daycare center. Stacy Lawton, the former representative that both Beto O'Rourke and Eric Swalwell uh, campaigned for and supported in, in their bid to get uh, into the House of Representatives. She is the, I guess, the relationship with these two, a romantic one, of some kind of one. Uh, Groves, uh, again, texted to Lawton. I'm horny right now. Lawton responds, I was asking uh, because I know we've had some back and forth and I know we initially said, listen carefully and get the vomit bucket ready. Get your blood pressure medication, extra dose ready. Uh, said we do nothing with kids ever again. Note the term again. And you said you were afraid that if we had kids, if they would go back and tell the parents the same with the kids you work with when I was trying to ask you, uh, do you seriously see no problem with sex with children? Like I had always wanted to put my starts with a D, four letters, figure it out, inside one of the little girls you work with, but you said they were too little, and then you said I could, so I don't know, I know you're horny, I'm trying to get clean, and I already have the hot water running baby. Uh, that is what Lawton texted to Groves, according to these records. Groves then responds, I want, you, I want to do it with the kids at work. Again, this piece of shit works at a daycare center. I wasn't, uh, then you can put your, again, that four-letter D word in inside them. I won't bring, I wasn't being serious about the kids running back and telling their parents. 
Plus, I want to do it with kids who, who used to come here because they can enjoy it, he says. Then Lawton responds, well, I know, but you were afraid that the kids... Uh, that the kids at work might tell their parents, and we said we would uh, do it if we knew we were going not going to get caught. And I was just wondering, like, like basically, you have no problem with that. And uh, Stacy McCain writes, not even going to transcribe that. Phil Slimy just posting the screen cap. Everything about this case is weird, including how they got caught. He writes. On June the 20th of, of this year, the Nashaw uh, Police Department responded to a report that Lawton had, sh- had shown child sexual abuse images to other adults. One adult, here and after person number two, reported that on June the 20th of 2023, Lawton disclosed that her former intimate partner, Lindsey Groves, sent Lawton inappropriate images of children According to person two, Lawton then showed person number two three images which were on Lawton's phone in a text conversation with a contact titled Lindsay. Upon viewing the three images, person two recognized them as children and that each image depicted a separate child. Person two described each image as depicting children with their genitals exposed. The responding NPD officer interviewed another adult here and after person number three who reported that on June 16th of 2023 Lawton disclosed that Groves sent her inappropriate images of children Lawton then sent person three four images of nude children by text message which person three deleted during the interview on June 20th 2023 person uh, three was able to recover the images to provide them to the responding NPD officer the officer observed that the images were of naked children and also observed a text purportedly from Lawton that read, I don't like that I have these, but I wanted to show you the proof. I am not a kid pervert. NPD detectives conducted a voluntary interview with person number three on the same date, uh, June 20th of 2023 at the Nashaw Police Department. During that interview, person three showed the four images to the detectives. So, as Tasty McCain notes, Lawton showed the images to two different people and actually sent them via text messages or text message to one of them like, hey, want to see evidence of the federal felonies I'm involved in? Not very bright there. Uh, By the way, Libs of TikTok is probably incorrect in saying that O'Rourke and Swalwell campaigned for Lawton, almost certainly the photos were taken at some post-event grip and grin session following local Democratic Party events in New Hampshire, which, as their traditional first primary states, gets a steady parade of national political figures showing up for fundraisers. Still, the fact is that the Democrats in New Hampshire twice elected Lawton to office, despite his-slash-her obvious craziness. craziness. Uh, so again, when I first read it, I imagine that O'Rourke and Swalwell campaigned for this thing, this she, he, her, it, whatever. So I apologize to those two gentlemen if I in any way mischaracterized them campaigning for this this uh, sick person. Uh, and it, it should be made clear that they apparently did not. 
Uh, one of them looks like it's set in front of somebody's house, maybe on the sidewalk. And the other one looks like in, in a generic room somewhere. So I don't know if they campaigned for her or just a campaign appearance. They may have had, probably had no knowledge of this. I'm sure if they had had knowledge of it, they would have contacted authorities. Um, I don't like those two gentlemen. don't like their politics, but I don't want to mischaracterize them in any way, shape, form, or fashion, especially in something like this. Uh, it just makes you sick, doesn't it, folks? Makes you absolutely sick. Um, if you want to read more, go to theothermccain.com. The Joys of Progress update is the title of the uh, blog post. Sickness, my friends. Now let's end with Kamala Harris doing something, saying something. Shall we say, uh, not that ultra-intelligent. I know, shocker. Spoiler alert. Uh, according, we go back to the root again. Angela Johnson wrote this. This week, the Florida Board of Education approved controversial new standards for teaching black history in the state's public schools. The move has already received criticism from the president of the NAACP. Well, that's a vote for it. And Florida's Teachers Union, that's another vote for it. Must be a good bill they passed. If, if it pissed off the president of the NAACP, uh, one of the biggest race baiters in America, and the Florida's Teachers Union, Communist Union, it's, it's probably a really good bill that DeSantis signed. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris is the latest to announce the decision to change the way they educate children in Florida. During her keynote address at Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Inc.'s National Convention on Wednesday, the Vice Presidente spoke out against the disturbing new set of standards, which includes teaching, quote, how slaves develop skills which in some instances, could be applied for their personal benefit. So when I read that, I, uh, I'm i looking for the, the punchline, so to speak. Where Where is that statement incorrect? Because many times slaves either learned a skill, and after slavery ended, if they knew a skill, they had something to take to a possible future employee, didn't they? doesn't mean slavery is right or good or just in any perverse way. It's not. It never has been. never will be. But it's a simple historical fact. Even if you are, are forced to do something, forced to learn something, you still learn it. And later in life, you might be able to use that skill to benefit yourself. Because a skill isn't a bad thing. That you learned it isn't a bad thing. It's the matter of coercion and force and evil that was used to force you to learn it. That's like taking a bad situation and turning it around and using it to your advantage. That's not bad. And it's not a controversial thing. It's a historical fact. Uh, many times... Uh, Slaves were taught certain things. And yes, after the war between the states is over, after the 13th, 14th Amendment, uh, when they were citizens of the United States, why couldn't they use skills learned to gain future employment? Of course they could. Of course they could. Uh, a number of slave owners actually preparing them for freedom because they didn't, they believed slavery would eventually end. 
they taught them things they could use at that point. After the war, many ex-Confederate generals and ex-soldiers hired people. They pushed for black people to be hired because they've learned these skills. Those are things you learn when you study the war between the states, the period before, during, and after, and you do it with an open mind. Not with a closed mind or a race-baiting mind like, uh, like Kamala Harris, the vice president. But the idea that saying that is offensive is, it, it, is, it is offensive to me. It's offensive to anybody who thinks because it's a fact. I know that uh, Joseph and Jefferson Davis, the president of Confederacy, and his older brother Joseph Davis had very, uh, I don't know what they'd be called, progressive views of slavery back in their day. Uh, I know they had, they educated them. I know they taught them certain skills. Uh, I know they gave them uh, the ability at times to earn their own money. They cared about them, not that slavery is right, not that slavery should ever have happened anywhere. Slavery is and always has been evil. Only an idiot would say differently. But uh, they, if, if, if a slave had done something wrong, they would have a trial. And the slaves would decide the guilt or innocence and then the punishment. And the only uh, change that Jefferson Davis, I'm not sure about Joseph Davis, that Jefferson Davis could have on it was to lessen the severity of the penalty. These were not people who saw black people as just animals or property. Okay? Again, I'm through saying I'm not defending slavery because anybody with a brain in their head has heard me say it enough times. This ain't about that. This is about history and how it actually happened. And there's a lot of peculiarities in the history of the world. History involves peculiarities, odd instances, ironies. So to say that uh, some black or some slave owners, many, a pretty good number were actually blacks too black slave owners in America. Don't forget that. And a good number of slaves were, well, white people. In fact, every race has been, at one time or another, both enslavers and enslaved. That's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's an Asian, uh, Arabic, European, American, black, white, uh, Hispanic, you name it. There's not a group of people you can find that hasn't been uh, enslaved or haven't enslaved. Part of the ugly, complicated history of this world. So again, this fake, this fake outrage from Kamala Harris. Uh, speaking of our children, extremists pass book bans to prevent them from learning our true history. Book bans in this year of our Lord 2023. And while they do this, check it out, they push forward revisionist history, she said in a, a speech shared with the root. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it. No one's gaslighting you. They're teaching history, Kamala. All of history, apparently. Parts that sound inconvenient. The fact is, the way activists left us like Kamala Harris and the NAACP won't race talk. I don't see how anybody ever teaches or learns anything about it. 
because it's all about aggressions, microaggression, disaggression, offend this, offend that person, don't offend this. It's absolutely a jumble of leftist stupidity. And the people that fails the most are children. And probably black children. And that's nothing to be proud of. Um... Uh, let me see. Uh, the vice president also took time to highlight the Biden-Harris administration's ongoing commitment to fight for America's fundamental freedoms. You know, killing your unborn baby, uh, not being allowed to own a gun, not being allowed to defend yourself. That's things like that, I'm sure. Uh, including the right to vote. No one's threatening the right to vote for anybody. Sorry. Uh, and women's bodily autonomy. In other words, kill your unborn baby. And she called on her audience to join the fight to protect future generations uh, again. And she she had some other things to uh, to say, but that was that was a highlight. Was that she took a historical fact and lost her lunch over it? Yes. If you learn a skill and use it later in life, no matter the circumstances you learned it in or under, you're using it to your benefit later. What's why should that not be taught again? That's right. We know now. The Marxist agenda, of course. Very sad, my friends. God bless y'all. I'm done. I went long again. I I can't stop. I'm like a junkie. Need a fix, man. My fix is my mouth flapping, apparently. God bless y'all. Talk to you tomorrow. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And yes, go Gators. We'll talk to you tomorrow, my friends. Have a good rest of your Sunday. And uh, a good start to your work week, starting tomorrow probably. Take care. God bless y'all. Y'all behave.